Hello, my name is Ben Mercer. I'm the missions pastor here at SCOM. And it's my pleasure and honor to introduce you to this year's Scotland team. Um, Chad Merchant is back there, and I'm not saying something that um, I really want to. And he's an awesome guy. You should give him hugs, according to what Leonor said, just like Ben is doing. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, Jared Powell, Jordan Tinklenberg, um, Sarah Anima, Tina Mercer, and Katie Egglesayer, and myself were the, the 2014 Scotland team, and we are <clears throat> very thankful for this opportunity to, to share our experience with you. So we're going to have them come up and talk. They were one of the things that we got to do while we were over there was lead worship in a, a, a different... A, some a couple churches or at a church and then at, at uh, the mission where we worked and so they were Jordan and, and Jared and Sarah were honored and and thankful to to be able to lead you in worship tonight so uh, if you have any questions about Scotland feel free to talk to any of us on the team if you're interested in going next year um, come talk to me or talk to any of us and we would love to, to share with you what that might look like and to keep you in the loop as to what that, what that entails. So please feel free to talk to us. And Katie, come on up. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie. And I've gotten to go on the Scotland trip twice now with SCUM, um, once two years ago and skipped a year and then went this past summer. And um, it's definitely a privilege to get to tell you guys more about the trip, the kinds of things that we did while we were there, and just why it's important, why we like to go back every year, um, and why it's been on our hearts to share with you guys. So thanks for listening. Um, so SCUM has been partnered with people in Glasgow since 2007. And it's been really amazing just to see the relationships and the connections that God's provided with people there over the years. And we've definitely noticed just an opportunity that we have to go there every summer and serve. We try to send a small team for about four weeks each summer um, to help volunteer and help partner with people that are there. So it's just been really cool to um, get to go back year after year and have people say, yes, please come back. We really appreciated you being here and partnering with us um, so it's definitely a privilege of ours to get to go, and it's very humbling and, um, and just such a joy to be a part of. Uh, so the primary thing that we're doing while we're there is volunteering with the Glasgow City Mission, which was founded in 1826, the first um, service-oriented mission of its kind, and a lot, including the Denver Rescue Mission, have been modeled after it um, throughout the world. So it's really neat to get to learn a lot about that organization, to get to talk with uh, the staff members and the volunteers that are there, day in and day out, getting to hear their stories, why they have enjoyed being a part of the mission over the years, kind of get to see a bit of what God's been doing in their lives and the relationships that they have with the clients um, that the mission serves. So we're filling in as extra volunteer support for them there. Um, during the summer months, they're kind of low on volunteers. A lot of people are going on holiday or spending time with their families, and so they really appreciate having an extra group of people there for a solid month that they can count on to fill in. 
So there are things like um, clubs and classes that they offer throughout the day for people in Glasgow, uh, things like English classes um, for refugees and asylum seekers, cooking classes for men and women to come participate in. They have a church service that's a really been a really um, just a blessing to be a part of and get to hear people share there and people tell their stories. And um, there's just a lot of really neat yeah, neat services that they offer people. Um, and then every evening, Monday through Friday, they provide a meal as well. So it's something we get to help set up for, serve the meal as well, interact with the clients and clean up. And it, that's a great opportunity to get to talk with the clients there, get to hear some of their stories, the things that they're going through in their lives, different addictions, different relationships that they have with the people at the mission and reasons that they keep coming back year after year. And, and even just week to week, it's really a pleasure to get to get to know them on a personal level. Um, so that's the main chunk of time during our weeks is we're at the mission and it's, it really is amazing just to get to spend time there. The blessing to get to know everyone that comes in there, staff, volunteers, clients, all of that. And I know talking to any one of us, we could tell you that, that it's just been such a highlight getting to connect with the people there. Uh, another aspect of the trip is getting to partner with people outside of the mission in various um, ministries and other local churches. So these are places like Glasgow Mosaic Church and Cabrain Baptist Church. And with some of our friends there, uh, Stuart and Lindsay Gilmore, who some of you know, and their friends Graham and Stephen, and some ver various other people that God's connected us with throughout the years. And it's, again, just really sweet to get to hear the stuff God's doing in their lives, the way that God's calling them to serve people in Glasgow, the things that are on their hearts to do in the city to reach out to people. And we've been able to, through spending time with them, be praying for them, encouraging them, looking for opportunities of how we can continue to partner with them in the future. And I know that's meant, hopefully, as much to them as it has to us. It's super encouraging to spend time with all of those people. And it's, um, they really pour into us. I feel like that's, a, I don't know, just an unexpected blessing from being there and going to serve and going to try and volunteer. But you really get so much out of it. Um, so another aspect of the trip is just the personal challenge that you receive from um, being willing to go on a trip like this. You're put into a team dynamic with people that you may or may not be comfortable with. You have opportunities where God kind of pushes you out of your comfort zone and you get to do different activities, have opportunities to speak in front of people that you don't know. And it's really challenging. And um, some of my teammates are going to share after this, too, just kind of some of their personal experiences of things that impacted them, things that God's been teaching them through this trip. And I know that's been true for me as well. Both times I've gone, God uses this as an opportunity to deepen our faith, grow our dependence on him, broaden our world perspective. Um, and it's really humbling. It's, it's definitely not always fun at times, but I'm really grateful for the things that God's been teaching me through these couple trips to Scotland. Um, so one of the more or most impactful things to me was also just getting to see the encouragement that God brings the people in Glasgow through our time there. Um, Paul and John in a lot of their letters in the New Testament often talk about giving and receiving support to churches and friends that they have that might be far away that they can write letters to. Um, but they also desire to spend time with them in person and, and encourage them. Um, and in 2 John verse 12, he says, I have much to say to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. And um, just a quick personal example of that for me was on my last night in Glasgow, I got to spend some time with a woman, Anthea, who has been working at the mission over the years and connected with various teams. And she's just expressing the appreciation that she and everyone else there has for us, 
you know, giving up a chunk of our summer and coming there to serve and volunteer and spend time with them. And just what that means to them, the, the encouragement that they receive from the time we're there seems to last past, you know, when we go home. And um, they get some refreshment from the Lord through that. And I think it's also a way that God kind of gives them a new perspective on the work on the work that he's doing in and through their lives at the mission. So it's just neat to hear that from her. And I mean, that's definitely our hope in going that we're able to encourage them. So hearing that feedback from her was really special. So thanks so much for all of your prayers and support and encouragement. We definitely couldn't do this every year without our whole church coming together to send off a team. And um, Jared will be up next to share a little bit more with you guys. Hello, I'm Jared, and this trip to Scotland was also my second trip. Um, there are actually a few of us that repeated from 2012, uh, myself, Katie, Chad, and of course, our fearless leader, Ben. Um, I'm going to share with you guys uh, just a passage of scripture that really kind of kicked my butt um, while we were in Scotland. Uh, and that script, that passage is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. Uh, before I read it, up until this point in the letter to the church in Ephesus, Paul has uh, kind of been highlighting a few like topics or themes one of them being unity in the church within or in Christ, and also a warning against uh, worldly things, I guess, like sensuality, impurity, unwholesome talk. And through this, he, he was reminding the church in Ephesus that they need to put off their old self and put on their new self that they have in Christ, one of righteousness uh, and holiness. So I will read, I'll start reading in Ephesians 5, 15. It says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I read this for the first time, and I was like, okay, uh, what is the Lord's will? Um, so I looked around. And I looked in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, and it says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified. I was like, oh gosh, that's a word that we always hear. Sanctification. Uh, but I looked a little further, and a chapter later, maybe, maybe this is a little easier for me to comprehend. It says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I was like, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Now I think I have kind of a view on what Paul's saying about um, understanding what the Lord's will is, not being foolish, but understanding what the Lord's will is. Uh, I'll pick it back up in verse 18. It says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father in, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I read this passage while we were on the island of Iona. I don't know how many of you all 
We're coming to Scum a few years ago when we had a sermon series on thin places. Uh, places where the separation between heaven and earth is just a little thinner. Iona is one of those places. And leading up to the trip, I was really excited about this. I had been frustrated in my job. I had uh, felt like God was had been growing me for a while and kind of moving me in a direction of I don't know what he was moving me into. Uh, so I was like, okay, this time is going to be sweet because God is going to tell Jared what he's going to be doing. Um, well, I read this passage there, and whereas I was you know, listening for that still small voice of God to say, Jared, go and do this specific thing. I didn't hear that. Instead, I heard, a, I heard, it was a louder voice than a still small voice. It kind of yelled at me and it was, it said, live as wise, make the most of every opportunity, seek me, have joy in me, worship. Don't speak about meaningless things, but speak of me. Build others up. Give thanks in everything. That's not what I wanted to hear. But it's what I needed to hear. Um, at that point, I realized that I may have been being foolish. I did not, at that moment in my life, understand the will of God. Um, I realized that I'd been looking, that I hadn't even been looking for opportunities. I hadn't even been acknowledging opportunities that had been all around me in a matter of a few months leading up to this. I had been waiting on whatever, but I hadn't been seeking anything. I had been frustrated and not thankful And in this all, I had lost my joy. I read this, and immediately, like every day, this passage would come into my mind. Um, I started seeing the opportunities. I started acknowledging them. A good example of living this out while we were in Scotland, um, one Sunday after we were work, or after a service at Mosaic, Katie had uh, kind of, I guess, sought after this person that we had built relationship with in 2012, who had kind of, well, she had really gone through a really, really difficult circumstance, right before this time. And Katie sought her out and uh, met with her and really took that time to encourage this lady who was just not in a good place. So that was, that was me seeing someone else live the scripture out. Um, while Katie was meeting with this person, um, 
I was waiting for her because we had to walk back across the city. And, uh, but Jordan was nice enough to wait with me. And whereas any other time, Jordan and I hanging out, we would have just talked about whatever, you know, eh, sit and smoke cigarettes or whatever. Um, but instead, we got a drink, a coffee drink, and sat, sat outside on the sidewalk. And we had one of the deepest conversations I've had in a long time, talking about things that we don't like talking about, um, kind of the taboo subjects. Uh, no Christian's supposed to have a, an opinion on this subject. Or uh, if you do, then it doesn't matter what it is, it's wrong. Those kinds of things. So uh, we, we got to spend some time and get to know each other a little bit more and get to understand our understandings of the love of God and the grace of God and what that looks like in our world today. Um, so I can say that and, hey, yeah, we, I read this in Scotland these things happened in Scotland, like, oh, big examples. But sometimes it feels like un- it's unfortunate. But fortunately, this is not something that has stopped coming into my mind. Um, this is done daily. Um, I, as some of you know, I work at the Denver Rescue Mission. And that is a place where opportunities are plentiful. Uh, We have so many opportunities um, to encourage people, to share the love of God with people, to share the gospel, even through our actions. Um, And the week that we got back, I found that out very quickly with some, uh, some of those like once every year instances, but they all happened within like three days. Um... So that was fun, and God said, hey, look, it's an opportunity. And I was like, ah! But, uh, or that's what I felt like. I didn't say that, but I felt it. (laughs) And I I made something of it. I didn't run away from it, or um, I didn't say, hey, somebody else, go deal with that, because I don't want to. And I'm very thankful that... This passage, especially, came to me at the moment that it did, when I was like, okay, God, what are you going to do? And what do you want me to do? He's like, this is what I want you to do. I want you to live as wise, to make the most of every opportunity. And that's not just in Scotland. That's every single day of my life. And if I do those things, if I follow the will of God, that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, so, that being said, up next, well, one more thing. I would like to challenge all of you as well um, to see opportunities that are around you, um, to make the most of those. It's not always fun, it's not always easy, but my gosh, it is so rewarding. Um, so rewarding. And I'm pretty sure I can say this, that it's God's will for all of us 
So up next, um, Sarah is going to come and share a little bit um, about how she was impacted on the trip and how that's continuing here in Denver. Okay, so we've practiced this now about a total of three times, so I, hopefully this version is the best for you guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm Sarah. I have been going to SCUM since 2008. This is my first time going to Scotland, and it was just a really amazing, life-changing experience. But as Jared said, while it was just a month that we were there, it is definitely some lessons that Christ has continued back here at home that I really got a lot out of and I'm so grateful for. So, um, as Jared mentioned, in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, we are called to not run to earthly fills, but rather to allow ourselves to be filled with the Spirit. And that was really something that compelled me in my day-to-day life. How was I allowing myself to get filled? So, I kind of, I love the little, I think it's called the concordance, the back part, right, of your Bible, where you just look up certain words. And I looked up being filled, and it led me to Romans. And the similar idea of um, echoing just how God is able to fill us and what that looks like popped out. And I'm going to read that to you real fast. So Romans 15:13 tells us, May the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit fills us with joy, peace, and hope, but it's not through any power that we alone possess. Rather, it's through his power and presence in our lives. And that was something that was hard for me. A lot of the times I wanted to think that I had everything in order, that um, I was full. I had a good job. I had friends and family. I had a cute apartment that I could decorate, lived in Cap Hill. It was super fun. My life was very full in everybody else's eyes. However... Leaving for Scotland, I realized that there was this hunger that was lying there all along, and I was really filling myself with very surface-level things, not things that were spirit-filled, and that can only go on for so long when you realize, I am so empty. I am, like, running dry. So um, I was called to go to Scotland, and it was an amazing kind of turnaround of really investing time and something that was building me up in my character of Christ. And it was just a really beautiful thing. But I still had those expectations of how going to Scotland was really going to fill me. I thought, oh, I get to experience this new culture. I get to check off this list of touristy attractions for me to go to. I get to like, make my Instagram feed look absolutely beautiful. Fill it with hashtag scum kids in Scotland. Uh, <laughs> which I did. And there was beauty, (laughs) there was beauty in that. But there was also this beauty that God was calling me to serve the people there in Scotland and to fill that hunger I had myself, not only in a spiritual way, but actually to feed the people at the mission. As Katie said, um, in the evenings, we got the chance to serve sausage and soup to the clients at the mission, and it's a very hands-on, physical feeding. Um, There were some picky eaters that didn't like the way the juice was made, the tea wasn't strong enough, 
sort of like how we come to Christ sometimes, you know? Like, oh, you're not doing this, this, and this, but he's still there to serve you. And it was kind of a revelation for me that that was why I was there. I wasn't there to be a tourist. And I mean, that was an awesome bonus, but I was there to meet Christ and to see what he had to do through me. So while we were there, um, it was a really beautiful thing for me to see the realness of people just discovering that hunger alongside me. And I got a chance um, on Wednesdays, we have this club that's like a church club, sort of like what we're having now, but more laid back. But it was definitely a very spirit-filled part of our day. And there was one day in particular that I remember where one of the clients, her name is Kirsty, and I really bonded with her. She's just a spitfire. She's super fun. But this one day, and she had been asking lots and lots of questions and really opening up. And this one day at church, um, we got a chance to see if anybody wanted to pray. And this was her first time praying out loud. And that can be kind of a scary thing for people. I know it's something that I'm not necessarily very comfortable with, um, speaking in front of lots of people. And she came to this time in church with just such a raw hunger, kind of comparing it to like how a child just hungers for its mother's milk. And it's just something that just comes totally natural, is not forced. And she just prayed in her awesome Scottish accent that I cannot at all um, reiterate, but I big man, something like that. Uh, And she was just so honest and just wanted to talk to God because that's what it was about. And I realized that that was something got emotional this morning. I wasn't going to get emotional today. Okay. So, (laughs) sorry. Okay. So it was cool to see how she could have that conversation and hunger for that, like, discussion with Christ. And I realized I hadn't been taking much time back at home to do that. Like I said, I had been filling myself with going out, having fun, staying busy at work, Um, I hadn't really allowed myself to get filled the way I needed to, other than really on Sundays here at SCUM. So um, a really big blessing while we were there at the mission were the people in my group and as well um, the people that worked there at the mission. One of the women at the mission that really, really spoke to me that Tina's going to tell you a little bit more about was... um, Not Lindsay. Lindsay was great too, sorry. (laughs) Linda. Um, And... She took lots of time to just pray with me, which was something I realized I hadn't been doing a lot. And that was just a really wonderful way to get renewed and just get that fire kind of going again. And then also connecting with Lindsay, um, who was one of the people we connected with on our off time. And just seeing that I wasn't the only person that was hungering for these things. I wasn't the only person that was struggling in different areas. That a lot of times people are missing certain things, but they're not as honest about it. And that was just a really beautiful thing to be able to connect with people across the pond and see, oh, hey, this is not just something I struggle with. So um, to be honest, coming back home, it's been, it's been tough because the distractions come back, work starts up, and your friends are there. And um, it's really easy to wean yourself off of that 
sustenance and that truth. And it was really easy for me to choose instead to step back into this diet of self-reliance, lust, greed, and jealousy. But when I took time to really sit and be filled with the Spirit, I remembered that he gives us those fruits, those fruits to fill us, which you're probably, if you've been raised in a church, I don't know, you might know the love, joy, can you guys do the peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, the whole list? Yeah. So I've just kind of learned to practice in my life when I sense one of those other foods, like those sugary sweets of I got this together to try and replenish my food supply with his good food. So let's see. Um, So one way to do that for me is just setting a metaphorical table before myself. Because if I don't do that, then it's really hard to take time with Christ. And while we were in Scotland, it was much easier. We had a lot of time to be alone, which was actually something I really wrestled with. Uh, something I called this morning, like, mushy peas or carrots that God kind of tried to throw in my face. Things that I didn't want to take in as nourishment. I didn't want to be single. I didn't want to have to struggle financially. Um, one of the things I really struggled with is something we've kind of been talking about, how surrendering hands-down type stuff. Uh, Community is such an awesome thing and something I really crave, but it was becoming something that was just kind of toxic. Like I was overdosing the system, maybe like lactose intolerant of community or something, you know? (laughs) Like I could only take so much of it, and God was calling me to step back and really take some time to be nourished by him And that was hard. It was not something I really wanted to run to. Um, So, like I said, in Scotland, we had a lot of time to be alone. But now coming home, it's something I have to be intentional about. And that goes with having those deep conversations with people, taking time for prayer, just kind of organizing my schedule and trying to fit as much time with God as I can and understanding that it doesn't have to look like A, B, or C, It just has to happen. Otherwise, I can sense, like, my day just kind of going downhill. So one way that that happened is I'm very blessed to have a really awesome roommate. And we had this conversation one night over food. And I thought, this whole food analogy, this is so great. Like, God, is this country buffet style of love. And immediately, she snaps back at me, I don't like that. I was like, whoa, okay, calm down. (laughs) And um, I probably would have just brushed it off and kept on with my food, like, oh, okay, that's your opinion. But God has challenged me with my conversations and with certain people to really dig deeper. And so I kind of wanted to talk about it with her. And we did kind of come to the conclusion that, yeah, God's love isn't just sitting under a heat lamp getting crusty waiting for us to come and eat. It's there, whether we like it or not, whether we're like eagerly rushing forward or just kind of moseying on over. He is there waiting to feed us. He is lavishly preparing a meal for us. And it's our choice to come and make time to sit and be fed. And it's not always easy. We don't always want to do that. But it's kind of necessary. I mean... 
to, to be honest, it's necessary for us to get filled. We don't want to be that malnourished child that all of a sudden is like, where's my source of sustenance? Um, so that's my challenge to you is to find ways in your everyday community, whatever it looks like for you, to just take time to be filled and to really see which things nourish you and which things are maybe becoming toxic and you need to take a little time on a little diet, a little spiritual diet or whatever. Uh, so yeah, thank you for listening and up next is gonna be Tina. Dave, am I allowed to take this thing off? Easier said than done. Um, like she said, I'm Tina. I'm kind of the surprise Scotland team member, surprise even to me. I thought I was going over for a couple weeks, and God had something else up his sleeve. And I stayed for the full month, which was super humbling and really, really good. I learned a lot, and I'm very grateful for this team for letting me join them for the month. So one person that really impacted me when we were in Scotland is Linda. She, as Sarah said, is one of the program managers at Glasgow City Mission. She's like a five-foot-nothing blonde ball of energy. She's just a spitfire. And on our first full day in Glasgow, we got to have breakfast with her. And it was so sweet because I met her last year, but it was just like catching up with an old friend. She was telling us good things that are happening in her life, great things that are happening at her church, um, how some of the former clients are doing. Um, they, some of them had accepted Christ. Some of them were no longer um, in their addictions. It was just really sweet to catch up. And besides that, we're at this big breakfast, having like big Scottish breakfasts of like toast and eggs and sausage and ham and beans and like everything on your plate. It's like Thanksgiving for breakfast. But as, <laughs> it's great. But as the conversation continued, she said, you might notice this year some things are different in Glasgow. She said, you might notice more Roma people out and about begging, mostly women and children. And she said, be careful how you interact with them. And the mission is still trying to figure out how to interact with them because they suspect that they've been trafficked in. Because when they try to approach them and build relationships, someone else shows up and kind of swoops them off. She said, they're not there to be making relationships. They're there to be making money. Another thing she told us is that we need to be careful walking home at night, and we need to walk in twos and threes. And that was a little confusing to me, because the sun doesn't go down until, like, 11, so, like, what is night, really? But she said in the last two weeks, there had been four rapes at 9, 10, 11 at night. And she said they're happening in parks, they're happening in wealthy areas, happening all over the place. And she said, though they haven't convicted anyone for these crimes yet, people are starting to point fingers and saying, it's these guys, it's these immigrants, or it's this race. It's a reminder, like in Ephesians, that the days are evil. Another cool thing that Linda inspired me with and started this last year is she's visiting Glasgow City Mission clients in jail. When she told me this, my eyes got big, and I was like, whoa, that's so cool. Can I go with you? She said yes. So the next Friday, she and I and another program manager hopped in the car and went to jail. We got in. <laughs> that was pretty fun. We got in the first couple gates, but I didn't have, like, a proper letter of invitation badge thing. So I wasn't able to get in and see the client, but I was able to see the comings and the goings of the place. When she and the program man other program manager came out, 
she said, I asked, how is this client, you know, how is this client doing? Is he doing okay? And she said, mm, not really. He'd been in there for three months, and his lawyer is still refusing to talk to him. She said he has a court-appointed lawyer, and the lawyer has other cases, and those cases will pay him more. So he'll get to this guy when he gets to this guy. He also said, she also said that his family won't come see him. They're tired of his antics. They're tired of his addictions. They're tired of him landing in jail. They won't talk to him. They won't come see him. <clears throat> and so when he ended up in jail, the first place he called was the mission. And who knows if this guy is a Christian, but it's pretty obvious what they believe at the mission with a big 20-foot picture of Jesus' face on the wall. And though they're not talking to the client in psalms or hymns or songs from the Spirit, they're bringing the good news to him by showing up. They're making the most of every opportunity that God has given them. And lastly, and another cool thing that Linda has started this year, is she and some other volunteers had it on their heart to start a prayer meeting within the community of the mission. So every Wednesday, they get together and pray for like an hour and a half. Um, they're praying for the clients, they're praying for the volunteers, they're praying for the staff. They're looking at the local, the world news and saying, we need God. So they're coming together and lifting it to the Lord. They're praying and trusting that though they're working with folks who are in addictions, are stuck in prostitution, are landing themselves in jail, they're praying and trusting that God is not absent in the midst of it. They're praying and trusting that God is making everything new and trusting that he is redeeming things to himself. And what really struck me and was an encouragement to me is to see that despite everything that they see day to day, seeing the news, kind of feeling like, this is really heavy, what do I do, Lord? They're continuing to give thanks to God for everything. And they're grateful that they and that we as the body of Christ can be part of his work. Thanks.